Hey, it's Slowdown producer Micah. What poems have helped you slow down, have made you stop and reflect? We want you to send us your selections for a series of upcoming episodes. Head to slowdownshow.org community to submit, or go to our Instagram at slowdownshow to find out more. I'm Major Jackson, and this is The Slowdown. April is National Poetry Month. It is the time of year I pack my bag sometimes twice a week to travel to a community in the United States that values poetry. Towns where libraries, art centers, and schools program readings, hang broadsides in store windows, and host local contests. I'm not just talking about big cities but remote towns that require connecting flights, followed by an hour or more of car travel. I once flew to Omaha, Nebraska, and at the airport expected my host to meet me at the baggage carousel. After nearly an hour, I learned a car rental had been made in my name at Hertz. Turned out my destination was Kearney, Nebraska, a pleasant three-hour drive west along I-80, full of all the smells of cattle. On another occasion, I drove from Denver to Laramie, Wyoming, and saw tumbleweed for the first time. There, I served as the feature poet for an open mic, then listened to very talented cowboy poets, queer poets, nature poets. When I travel, before my arrival, I read the online local newspaper to acquaint myself with the prevailing issues of that community. However, I read the local poets to tell me how they feel about those issues. I listen to hear their collective dignity. And thus, I feel utterly connected to poets across the United States, poets from Mankato, Minnesota, to Miami. I feel kinship with the Route 1 poets in New Jersey and poets in Farmington, Maine. I found family in the poets in Northern and Southern California. In the spirit of Walt Whitman, who heard the chorus of voices that made America and its geography, today's poem continues the rich tradition of celebrating a poetry of place utterly unique and rich for its ability to cultivate its poets to sing our land into our literary record. Diving at Blue Hole by Allie H. Young In Wimberley, Texas, there is a hole in the sandstone someone has called Definitely Deep Blue. Blue bonnets grow on the local road up to it, and lost mountain bluebirds fly around and in it in concentric circles. Tourists drop things in the fresh water and leave with new things that are harder to name. Like, how do you name your own blue? As a child, I try not to lie. 
I had little to say about the screaming cowbird, and I didn't care about what it might like to eat. Mice, I might have guessed. Snakes, or smaller birds like blue jays. But it seemed often just as true that ravens might subsist solely on the wind from plumper birds, or their even more indigo hearts, that they might devour nightly the full blue apexes of constellations, tear Saturn apart at her ripe cerulean center. I dreamed of it. My name, Little Blue Heron. Little and blue like whatever is sky is blue. Like whatever is not is a greater blue heron. Landing just for a moment on a creaking rink of a half-frozen lake. The Slowdown is a production of American Public Media in partnership with the Poetry Foundation. This project is also supported in part by the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. To get a poem delivered to you daily, go to slowdownshow.org and sign up for our newsletter. And find us on Instagram and Twitter at Slowdown Show. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine... I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.